Hi there friends, it's Bill Allen again calling uh, you and chatting with you from Tyler, Texas on a beautiful sunny kind of partly cloudy day uh, here in East Texas. I uh, just wanted to share with you a little devotional thought or two today uh, from uh, one of what I think is the greatest confession in Scripture. It may not be the greatest. Uh, there's some pretty good ones, but it's one of the greatest ones. And interestingly enough, it's offered up to God by a pagan prostitute. Uh, and you're thinking, uh, I need a little more information about this one, Bill. Okay, well, let's do that. You, of course, remember Moses. Uh, you, of course, remember that they were trapped in Egypt and were slaves, and Moses, the great lawgiver and deliverer, uh, leads them out. Uh, God brings in the, uh, the plagues, and Egypt is ready to let them go, and they do. And, and so they begin to travel and they have all those wilderness wanderings and the people have a lack of faith and they begin to question Moses and they begin to question God and all of those things. And so for 40 years, they're wandering around. Finally, they're ready. Uh, and Moses uh, walks up the mountain of Mount Nebo and, and God says, well, I'll give you a view of the promised land that you've worked so hard to get these people to, but you're not going to get to enter with them. Joshua will be the leader who will lead them across the Jordan River. And so Moses doesn't come down. Joshua comes down. The people tell him, be strong and courageous. God tells him, be strong and courageous. Moses had told him, be strong and courageous. And, uh, and so Joshua is a great leader of God's people. And he sends out a couple of spies uh, to spy out uh, the city of Jericho. It's on the other side of the Jordan River, and they do, and they go, and they take a look around the city, and um, and there's a woman there in the city of Jericho, a pagan woman by the name of Rahab, and she lets them come into her home, and she hides them when the authorities of her city, her kingdom, her people come, and they try to find these spies, and they ask her where they went, she kind of says, they went that away, <laughs> and points a different direction, even though she had hidden them upstairs. And as she talks to them about all of this, she makes uh, this statement in um, Joshua chapter 2. We'll kind of get into it, starting at verse 8 of Joshua 2. Before the spies lay down for the night, Rahab went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, verse 11. And everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. And then she goes on and asks them to promise that when they come, and they will come. And when they take her city, and they will take her city. And she knows this because their God is God. She asks them to promise her that she and her family will be kept safe. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, that great story of, of Joshua leading the people, marching around the city uh, all those times and all those days, and then finally marching around seven times, blowing the trumpet and the walls came a-tumbling down. And they went in and they completely destroyed the city, except for one family. And it was this woman, Rahab. 
but I want you to think about her confession and why she did all of this. The reason she did it is because she said, I know that your God is God. This pagan woman, this prostitute, this woman who realized that, that her city, her town, her king, her armies could not protect them from the one true and living God if it was his will for them to be there. And it was, and she knew that. And so she goes to those spies and she risks her life for them. And she provides a way for her family to be saved. And we find out later on in, in Joshua chapter six, when they do go and they take that city, they find Rahab and her family and all who are in her house and they save them. And um, the, the historical record reads at the end of, of Joshua 6 that uh, she still lives in, with the people even to that day as they're writing the narrative of everything that had happened. What, what happened here? How is it that this pagan woman knew that the God of Moses, that the God of Joshua, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the one true and living God? was truly God and not like the useless man-made idols that she saw in her own land. Well, we get a hint of that throughout the book of Exodus. Because when you look at places like Exodus chapter 7, verse 5, and several times throughout Exodus chapter 14, God talks about why he did all of those things. Why didn't he just have the people be delivered? Just Moses goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. He says, no, God zaps them, the people leave, done deal. God could have done it that way if that's all he wanted was to get his people out. But what God is interested in is in relationship with us and what's required of that relationship is a trusting faith in him. And so God's purpose was to, to develop faith, yes, in Moses and in the people of Israel, but also in the people of Egypt and around the world. You see again in Exodus chapter seven and chapter 14 and in other places, God says, I'm doing these things so that the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord, that I am the one true and living God. And so by the time they get all of those hundreds of miles across the Sinai Peninsula, across the Jordan River to the city of Jericho, here's this woman who's heard these stories, as have everyone in her city. And she says, I know that your God is God. And that was the purpose all along, so that people who didn't know God would come to know him. And as we look around our world today and we see all kinds of crazy things happening, what's the purpose behind them? Well, whoever's behind it, and God, of course, has a role in everything, I think, um, and we're seeing his purposes and his mission played out, and faithful people are trying to find his will and be obedient to it. Uh, others are trying to make sense of things in some other way. But what we know is that the promise of Rahab and the promise of Romans 8.28 is still true today. That promise in Romans 8 that says, God works everything together for the good of those who love him and of those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28 doesn't say that only good things happen to God's people. That's not true. God's people have suffered a lot. They haven't always been happy. They haven't always been able to do what they really wanted to do, what they thought would be able to make them happy. 
and give them some comfort or peace because that only comes from God. But what God does promise is that everything that happens to us, good or bad, he will use to accomplish his purpose. And a part of that purpose is good in our lives, ultimate good, eternal good. That's what happened with Moses and not just the Israelites, but the Egyptians as well. When Pharaoh's armies had to turn around the ones that were still alive, after God delivered Moses and the people of Israel through the Red Sea and then killed off all those Egyptians when he brought the sea back together, they went away saying, the God of Moses is truly God. And the word and the stories went out. And by the time it got to Jericho and by the time the Israelites under Joshua got to Jericho, this woman was a believer in the one true and living God. And she made that great confession, your God is God. Today, as we go through all these crazy things, I hope that as you're living your life in the midst of panic, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of fear, that you are able to maintain a sense of faith, that you are able to maintain a sense of trust in the Lord, even though you're very disappointed and, and hurting. And we don't, we don't deny the difficult times that we live in. We don't deny the struggling and the pain and the hurt, the illness and the death, the fears and the anxiety that people feel. We just know that they don't identify our identity. They don't make us who we are. It's the promises of God. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's the one who overcame through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the one that identifies us. That's where we get who we are. And hopefully as people around us see that and they hear that and they recognize that uh, we're just real people suffering like everybody else, but underneath that suffering is the blessed assurance that comes from knowing the one true and living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, from knowing that our God is God. May God bless and keep you and all who you love and our great nation and our world through this time. Amen.